0: Hey everyone, it's Daniel Elwood and Robert Johnson the Last Nighters. The Last Nighters are part of the Launchpad Media, where they're always launching new ideas in your direction. Check it out at the LaunchpadMedia.com. This is episode 71. It's going to be into the Spider-Verse for Mother's Day. And we have two very special guests, some of the hardest working people in the ANCAP libertarian movement. It's Jack V. Lloyd of the Comic and the Philosopher. How are you guys doing?
1: Awesome. Right, um... Especially since <laughs> we just had lots of good sushi. <laughs> yeah,
2: me so soup. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds, it very like, healthy, you know. sounds
0: like a quality meal. And uh, this is our show where we talk about movies. And so we're going to talk about the Spider-Man movie. And it just so happens it's related to comic books. And that's one reason why Jack B. Lloyd, why we like having you on for this type of stuff, because you do a comic. And I we do a centerfold for you for <laughs> you the last couple <laughs> of years. and I think we might have another one in the in the works. Yeah. And do. Do. You've, got a, um, you've got a uh, an Indiegogo campaign. Why don't you tell our audience about that before we start getting into the movie?
1: Sure. And yes, uh, as you said, uh you've been consistently putting in beautiful two-page spreads that are I that are just those. amazing. That you know, just you're turning the pages of the comic and then suddenly boom, actual anarchy, it's there, and it's wonderful. So uh, this new comic campaign is for Origins 3, it's just continuing the voluntarist. A universe story it's, it's going through the canon story chronologically so this one is uh just you know continuing from we left off, where we left off last and two and then of course one um and uh you know we're about i'd say two-ish weeks away from close so things have been pretty successful so far it's really good uh i think over 57 funded so far so i'm very excited and we're going to be doing some uh live streams for sure leading up to that and some promos and things like that uh just to generate some excitement and close strong but i'm I'm especially excited because this issue we have a new art team that's upping the quality, and so yeah way uh, yeah, even even better least, than before. Better. Yeah, definitely noticing better mm-hmm. if you look at the cover, so I'm excited about that.
0: Uh, that sounds great. Yeah, we're excited to be a part of that. you you got you guys both do excellent work. and uh, the philosopher, tell us about what is uh, if someone doesn't know what you do, what's your thirty second <clears throat> elevator pitch for? Them?
2: <clears throat> Clear his throat. Okay. Um, <laughs> memes, videos. Music videos, <laughs> educational content, pictures, modeling, podcast. started a podcast. Yeah, that's under five minutes. Uh, basically, <laughs> I talk about <laughs> philosophy, self-knowledge, and voluntarism. And I have a lot of so- uh, commentary on things that are just happening in the world. Um, and, yeah, just trying to find more principles.
0: All right. Well, that's a very noble effort. <laughs> we will put links to everything you've got uh, on our show notes page, which would be lastnighters.com slash 71. And why don't you just each throw one link out there that is easy to remember and people can go to just based on listening?
1: Exactly. So, Voluntarius is at volcomic.com. That's V O L C O M I C.com. And that's where you can find all you need to know about the universe. There's links to the latest campaign, there's links to the past comics. So, again, volcomic.com, easy to find. Uh, You know, no problem at all. Just type that on in, you'll be there.
2: For me, it's thephilosopher.com. It's spelled like philosopher, except the first. I is actually an O, like fa noodles. So the faux philosopher.com. <laughs> All
0: right. I think people will be able to figure that one out. And Robert, my <laughs> co host. Yeah, but how, how can
3: people find you these days? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can go to com, and it's just a, a hot link to uh, my t shirt designs. Nice. And eventually it'll be other stuff like art stuff that I'm drawing, comic stuff. But for now, that's what it is. I want to hear about more about that. What you're
2: doing with comic stuff?
3: Yeah, cool. And this yeah. T-shirt thing. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah well, I could I could I could tease you with some art that I'm working on. Actually, as we speak. I love being teased. Yes. Cool.
1: Okay. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh.
3: Yeah, screen Robert share. Robert's screen shirt. share some hotness. <laughs> Robert is
0: creative. He's the creative of our uh, tag team over here. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
2: Are you the the linear logical?
3: He's the one that actually gets things <laughs> done, and then I'm the other one. I'm the other guy.
2: Yeah. He is Trying. The idea that's his, man. create.
0: <laughs> uh we, we both got some ideas, I think. Yeah. We we yeah. butterfly around a little bit, unfortunately. That that's pretty commy of us, but we're we're trying to get better. Oh
2: cool. All
0: right, So Robert's gonna pull up uh whatever he's working on, and while he does <laughs> that, I will get into the Google description, which is how we start talking about the movies on this show, The Last Nighters. And so into the Spider-Verse came out. 2018 Fantasy Sci-Fi, 1 hour 56 minutes, 8.5 on the IMDb, 97% Rotten Tomatoes, 87% Metacritic, and 97% of the Google users like it. The description is, Teen Miles Morales becomes Spider-Man of his reality, crossing his path with five counterparts from another dimension, from another dimensions, to stop a threat for all realities. The Google description has some grammatical errors, and it came out on December 14, (laughs) 2018, and directed by Peter Ramsey, Bob... Parachetti and rodney rockman box office of 375.3 million dollars on a budget of 90 million dollars and won the academy award for best animated feature film robert your thoughts on the description
3: no i didn't really say what it was about so much i mean miles yeah he becomes spider-man it is an origin story movie so if that turns you off i'm sorry it does i does lose a little bit for me because it's an origin story but to be fair it kind of glosses over a lot of the origin and just kind of gets right into it we're not like the whole movie is all about him finally at the end becomes Spider-Man. I mean, he does, but there's a whole lot of Spider-Man action before that. Um,
2: yeah, and he's a net uh, new character. Isn't?
3: He? Yeah, he's new. He's he's.
2: So it's a new origins never before written about.
3: Right. I mean, he is a Brent He came out in 2011, so he's. I'm sure this is probably the first time a lot of people have heard of this guy. But he's a popular kid in the comic world, and I. It did an amazing job. I don't know. This is like a one giant big love letter to comic fans. They're actually, you know, <laughs> comic book fans, not just like fans of the movies, but fans of the comic books. Yeah. Mean,
0: from like all they
2: the details.
0: Bunch, yeah, They had a bunch of like different Easter eggs related to each of the different types of Spider-Man. And I felt as a bit of a layperson, I mean, I, I watched Spider-Man when I was a kid, uh, the, uh, the cartoon series and they actually had a snippet of that from the very beginning of that show, like in the four, three format, but the, um, I, th- I felt like it really was more speaking to the physical book readers, the physical comic book readers, and giving them all these nods all all over the place.
3: Was it distracting for you, not oh. being a comic book guy?
0: No, I knew it was talking to some. You know, it was talking to something, and so now it makes me curious to go back and look at that stuff. So in a way, it might be you know snaring in some people who are Spider-Man familiar, just
3: not with all the nuance. Okay. Cause I could see it be either in inviting or obnoxious in how much it nods to the comic books endlessly. Like all the little sound effects on screen, you know, like pow or zip or pop or whatever <laughs> and bonk. And I loved it, but I don't know I if that's the art. Was, like.
2: Yeah. I thought the art was really pretty.
0: Yeah. 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 I agree. And <laughs> I, I think that that kind of stuff, <laughs> zip, pow, bam stuff, I mean, that's like 60s style Adam West Batman. You know, I, I don't think that's necessarily. Um, some kind of a a super niche thing to just Spider-Man fans and I I felt like I was watching almost like a living comic book and I know uh, Jack you watched the or you watched a a director's commentary what they were trying to accomplish and from what I understand they were actually going for that they were trying to make this look like it was literally the page in motion and they had a tremendous effort with the amount of animation and animators that they had working on this project from what I read it was the largest uh staffing of animation people at sony animation studios in ever for any any feature they've ever worked on
1: wow yeah i agree that uh the artwork was (laughs) extremely diverse and uh and engaging in terms of like how they did it it definitely at least for the the visuals brought something new to the screen that um at least, you know, in the way that they composited everything, like, felt like it hadn't been done before. I mean, I'm not sure, I can't even relate it to any particular movie in terms of all the different ways they try to make it seem like it was a movie that was, you know, the comic book page, as you said, coming to life. So that was definitely unique in, in how they presented that. And I definitely enjoyed that aspect of it, you know, watching the movie for the, the art sense and and how they did those visuals and then integrated the different designs. As you said, They had some nods to past um, Spider-Man universe characters, you know, things like that they brought in. Um. So it was interesting how they, you know, animated those art you know, figures differently and stuff. So.
0: Yeah, I almost had like a um, 300 or Sin City almost vibe to it just in my watching of it, even though that kind of blended computer animation and live action, where mm-hmm. this was all computer animation. Right. Right. And those
3: two movies were both directly taken from comic books. Like those are both adapted from Frank Miller's comic books, almost in a frame by frame, page to page, panel to panel format. Oh. So not that although as far as i know this into the spider-verse wasn't adapted from any one comic book does anybody know if that's true i thought this was like an original story i'm not sure offhand because i I didn't didn't read the original comic for it um Mm -hmm. but
2: neither for me i just this is the first time i was introduced to this character i saw a print comic about it so i'm not sure if it exists
1: yeah i know they had some
0: nods to like some of the more famous um spider-man moments like in film where he's mm-hmm. like got the you know the two subway cars and he's pulling holding them together yeah. with the web right. and
2: right. You know, a
0: couple of other like little brief there's, there's like a ton of little brief nods to things but they, they happen so quickly that I don't think they like slow it down or drag you down or anything like that like you can just see them and they're they're pretty but if you if you know then it's like ah okay guys <laughs> we're you putting that in like there's a, a scene where um they go to uh, Aaron's apartment and on the little screen behind him there's. Uh Donald Glover wearing a Spider-Man pajamas outfit. <laughs> like a little tiny little thing they threw in there. Yeah. For the fans, you know. Right. I mean, it didn't have to be. There could have been just nothing, but yeah,
1: definitely lots of little Easter eggs.
3: Yeah, the uh, the love that was put in this film seems like it was made by people who love comic books. So that's just comes through. You wouldn't have you couldn't say this was made like was this some Hollywood hacks that didn't know what they were doing. This is absolutely people who are neck deep in comic book love now is this is this an example (laughs) and
2: they hired the right people (laughs) 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 yeah so (laughs) it could be possible
0: (laughs) i was thinking you know robert you you and i talked about uh, blade runner 2049 like a year or so ago and i think we had similar comments like that that was a love letter for the fans of that genre or that particular title or brand or universe or whatever we want to call it yeah that that didn't That one didn't have a big enough fan base to really make that uh, as successful of a movie as I think the expectations were Whereas the Marvel universe and spider-man much wider appeal much larger fan base And so I think that the effect is much greater in this movie.
3: Yeah, they're obviously writing The success I mean probably the only thing that stopped it from making more money was the fact that it's animated and Animated movies still have a bit of a stigma being kids movies. Although I think this has wide appeal I don't know if you're going to super enjoy it when you're 80-something years old. It's maybe a little bit kinetic, a little bit too fast moving. Although I loved the kinetic action in this film. It's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I think kids would absolutely love this movie. Yeah, and it, it won an Academy Award, didn't it, for Best Animated Feature? I mean, not that I give a shit about the Academy Awards, but <laughs> uh, it's nice that it's getting props. Yeah, Usually I- that's something that goes to Pixar, so.
2: I think it was a rated PG.
3: There was a fair amount of the old violence. <laughs>
2: Um, But it definitely felt PG or the very most PG. So, you know, that with the art, art, I think, and some of the humor was, you know, it wasn't full on adult crass humor. It was was like more. uh,
0: (laughs) I mean, there were a few deaths and some
3: plenty of violence, you know, Yeah.
2: yeah,
3: some gunshots and stuff, but not like outrageous gore and stuff like that.
2: Yeah, I think it was definitely directed, um, especially the age of the characters as well, it was directed towards a younger audience.
3: Yeah, that PG PG thirteen crowd, mm-hmm.
2: yeah, teen beat,
3: teen vogue, <laughs> whatever group. Um,
0: <laughs> when, when my wife and I watched it, we were like, well, could this potentially be a movie we watch with the kids? And they're, you know, three and five. They're almost four and six. And after watching like the first twenty minutes, we're like, no. <laughs> when no. Kingpin like stomps out Spider Man and finally kills him, that yeah. was
1: pretty. Uh, yeah.
2: Yeah, that was pretty rough. Graphic. That was a uh, very interesting. They had they had uh, uh, the perfect Spider-Man, right? The the one who was killed. He was supposedly very perfect in that kid's universe. The main Spider-Man.
0: Yeah, he was the blonde one. He was. Yeah, yeah. Grim and had like...
2: Fit had a wa- was with um.
0: Mary Jane. Mary Jane. Mary Jane.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know the, things were good, okay. and then you had the guy who in the other universe total slob and made all these things like, so interesting that sort
0: of uh yeah i enjoyed him um i i kind of relate to him now i used to work out a fair amount and i haven't in a while so now i feel like i got the little uh spare tire around the tummy dad bod city over there yeah yeah me too
2: oh
3: yeah i love that he went around the movie wearing sweatpants for the most of it that was great <laughs> <laughs>
2: right i think it, it was a comment too by one
3: of the characters like are you wearing yeah it's not a blanket but You know,
2: he's got things (laughs) going
3: on. Come on now.
2: A blanket would have been more, would have made more sense. You know, it'd be warm. It's cold when he got there.
3: So, Daniel, what did you think about the the plot of this movie? It's um, it's an origin story, like I said, and it's a bit wacky with all the interdimensional shenanigans and whatnot. But at the heart of it is a villain who is trying to replace lost loved ones. So I think you can probably. Identify with him in that sense, but he's so single-minded that he doesn't care how many people get hurt in his path of doing that um, Did you appreciate the story? Did you like the uh, interdimensional wackiness? I mean when, the, when a talking cartoon pig comes out, are you like oh, this is just too crazy or were you like ah, oh, this fits well I didn't really know what to
0: expect I mean the title sort of gives it away but in in a somewhat ambiguous way and so without having read much about it before watching it. I, I wasn't expecting it to cross the stream, so to speak, you know, and have all these like different Spider-Man and the pig Spider-Man and all that stuff. Uh, yeah, that and, and going into it and not knowing that when Kingpin kills Spider-Man, it becomes like, whoa, you know, they killed Spider-Man in the first 10 minutes of the movie. Yeah. Um,
2: I thought that too. I was like, what, how could you kill <laughs> it off so quickly? But then, right. you know, and,
0: and of it. course I, I did know that Miles becomes Spider-Man by the end. And so I was thinking, okay, that's what happens. You know, like miles is, rust into this situation he's too young he's not prepared but Spider-Man's dead and he's got the abilities right so he's going to become the little anarchist Spider-Man uh-huh.
2: yeah I, I felt like Spider-Man died too easily uh, in the beginning yeah they did I agree they had that that the whole up, <laughs> him getting
3: get up and now he's getting back up one of my issues is with consistent power levels right. so the Kingpin is just a guy mm-hmm. he's a normal guy he's a big giant guy but he's just a guy maybe he could. Like lift like a thousand pounds, and that'd be like you know good. Spider Man can lift like ten thousand pounds. Yeah, you <laughs> I mean, get punched in the face by Kingpin pretty much all day, and he'd be okay. It wouldn't and be he great.
2: get but out the away. way. Like with his webs, he's always been really fast. Yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. Oh, they did give Kingpin like a block effect, so I don't know if he got stronger because he became like a block of cheese. But... Yeah, <laughs> he was definitely a big block of cheese. <laughs> right. He looked great, by the way. I loved his design. I loved all the character yeah. designs. So. <laughs> I
2: was like, he's just a giant right. square with a little head right here. He's yeah. of mass.
3: <laughs> he gains power the more square he becomes. So. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the more geometrical he yeah. is. Yeah. Hey, can
2: game. I? I want to posit a theory. You know i uh i love watching videos like this i mean part of you know part of it's the art that's just the entertainment factor everything and it's inspiring to see that level of art in it. but i always love any movie i watch cartoon or otherwise i love wondering what were the writers in like a movie like this i don't know how many writers helped with story and everything but i always wonder what was what was their motive and what was the picture they were trying to convey Probably not in an obvious manner, you know? And so I want to posit that theory. I think that what I'm seeing is in the very beginning, they kill off the ideal version of Spider-Man, the light, like the blonde hair, light-eyed, like white guy with a wife. And it it just, and you know, he's really fit. He's a man that's just killing off, I think, the traditional stereotype of what a hero is in America. I guess like in American comics, particularly. Um, and then introducing all these different kinds of heroes from a little Asian girl to like, you know, uh a young black kid. He's like in what, middle school, high school. Um, and then like a girl, I don't know, she looks like high school age too, like that blonde girl. And then well, you did have that guy who I pretty sure was voiced by Nicolas Cage. Yeah, like, you know, from the <laughs> was black. Yeah, he was Yeah, like, he was. He was a cool character. But, you know, I mean, that, that was more of, a, I think, a nod to just that old style. And same thing with the little pig. That was, like, a very old style of drawing, like, that I remember drawing. Um, yeah. Anyway, my, I thought my theory was this, the idea that they wanted to convey was that anybody can be Spider-Man. You don't have to be the fit, blonde, white guy. You can be anybody. You can be a little Asian girl. You can be, you know, a little kid. You can be any. That's what I thought the, the underlying theme was. So I don't know what you guys think. Well great. let me ask
3: you, did you did you like that? I mean it sounds like it's a I didn't even think I didn't even put that together that it was <laughs> symbolic of them killing the traditional superhero oh, yeah. the white. Oh, what are your
2: thoughts, Jack? Like, yeah.
3: What did okay. you did you did you like that? Or did you think it felt a little forced? Was it a little too social justicey? Or what did you think? I
1: mean, I mean yeah. It's well, like go. oh I'll well, just say I mean you can go first if you want.
2: Oh, well, so I think <laughs> Robert, what are you yeah. asking my opinion? Yeah.
3: Yeah, you're on the show. You're here to talk about your opinions.
2: <laughs> oh. <laughs> My opinions. Okay, so I thought, you know, it was neutral to me, uh, at least what I'm remembering it, of it so far. I don't remember. Uh, the, oh, I remember there was a lot of destruction of property, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, along the way.
2: I just That was one thing that bothered me, but that's... pretty pretty
0: property. standard, really, in these comic movies.
2: Yeah, and superheroes in general. Uh, so... It was kind of benign to me. I, I don't remember them advocating for violence of any. You know, the first Spider-Man he died nobly, speak. So I, I mean, I don't know. I I can understand if someone's really passionate about that topic, like they're really into people, <laughs> like they're into shifting uh, social. Not really the goal. And and right. if it's done in that way, if they're just trying to do that, I, I didn't see a malevolent could be extracted. Um, I could just disagree with the idea to an extent like if someone takes it to the extreme where literally anybody can save all these people and be super strong and on par with spider-man and like how spider-man traditionally was he's really strong you know if if you're trying to say that anybody can like literally anybody you just have to freak out the line they said it was at the end anybody can i can't remember why if you think i can't remember <laughs> it's like if you care i, I don't know but I would disagree with that idea philosophically. So it's just more of a philosophical disagreement on like whether or not that's logical logic to say that anybody can be a strong suit and save a bunch of, there, there's this, anyone can save somebody else, but there are limitations in terms of ability. I recognize that. And so I think that that is what I would probably challenge somebody. I'm, I'm neutral to them putting it in the movie. Well, not neutral, I shouldn't obviously, I don't want. <laughs> The, those aren't the social norms i'm like super focused on spreading but I, i'm neutral in that i don't think it was like oh they're being violent you know that ends my opinion i'd really like mm-hmm, mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. that. That yeah good, good thoughts
1: <laughs> so yeah so if you saw with the movie the thing that um was interesting uh, to me of course is is what she said in terms of the, the symbolism they both had a symbolism beginning of killing off the original spider-man and at the end they you know had the fat white Spider-Man who, you know, couldn't maintain a relationship but had lots of self-doubt, get be- sent back to his you know respective uh, dimension. I think, you know, that was meant to evoke what you were just talking about, which is this idea of killing off the traditional form of Spider-Man and introducing a diversity of, you know, characters. And, of course, some of these characters are characters that are, you know, real in the comics and stuff, so it's like I'm not, yeah. like, complaining about whatever, you know, real thing. But there is, there is a focus with that. That was not... Um, accidental is very intentional and directors even talked about that in the commentary that their goal was to like bring out this like new kind of diversity with it and of course there's you know a market sense of that where they're just trying to be like okay let's reach out to new audiences let's try to get everybody to buy in because if any kid watching it no matter what they are thinks they could be spider-man well now you just have a bought in you know new audience of any kind right it's no longer oh it's just some white guy okay well if i'm black if i'm you know some Asian girl or something like that. Yeah. I could be Spider-Man. So of course, monetarily, right. that makes sense. Spider-Man. They're trying to get people hooked in by using that psychology. But the, the part that's actually sinister. And I think this is where a lot of people lose that who are, you know, anti SJW just, you know, in, in the aesthetic um, as opposed to the philosophical uh, is that the, movie promoted a theme of egalitarianism in in uh, ability and power so that's this right. is uh not so much an issue of like anybody could be spider-man because obviously you get bit by a spider whatever you have these powers the the bigger issue is the training that came with mastering those skills and this is something that has been a trope across many different films um especially anything that's disney related uh 2000s. yeah that's most certainly 2000s. and it's this idea that uh uh, Efforts and work ethic are to be devalued and seen as something that is uh, wrong or privileged, and that or just if you ignored.
2: can, or just ignored. Just left True.
1: We think like yeah, it's
2: a logical whole
1: Right, and if. Um, people just want to be anything they want to be. It's this idea of like belief is truth or belief is reality. That is now what is the acceptable norm. And of and course this, right. And that's very corrosive. this is what ties into, you know, radical SJWism, which is just this idea of, Oh, if I identify as this today, I'm now that, yes. you know what I mean? And that is seeping into comics and even in this movie, and it might seem benign at first, but the underlying message through the character narratives is that, um, basically, it's like, oh, if you just believe, now you have powers and now you have skill. And that, to me, is extremely dangerous and destructive, you know, obviously, on young kids, because it, it brings the sense of, oh, okay, I you know, I just believe and then I can or I deserve to be something. And that's even where you know gets even worse is this entitlement mentality where you think you deserve something just because you say you are this thing. And yeah. this theme was not just limited to the characters, but if you look at the narrative and how they structured the family, uh, the you know father, of course, was a police officer and they, they always play this in movies where it's like, if there's a cop, he's hard, but okay. oh, he's right at the end of the day, right? Oh, you know, he's hard on you, but it's okay. Yeah, His status authority is, is really care. Yeah. Um, and then uh, you know, when they push him to go to the elite private prep school, uh, the like focus, he's
2: like he demands his child say i love you right he's right he's using his authority <laughs> right to like say i love you they, they use then,
1: right violent communication like, threats yeah. force ultimatums and they normalize that because yes. that's, that's a status mentality and they try to you know trauma bond to people and for those are not familiar with trauma bonding trauma bonding is where people are put into a situation that is violent or oppressive or threatening and or humiliating and through that experience they bond with the people in their life and that you know is the case with the father is that there's this violence and threats and shame there's not peaceful communication but through that and their living struggles like that brings them together and the father and go childhood elite school if you notice there is this kind of um you know built-in theme of uh what you'd expect of like the upper Progressive leftist mentality of like, oh, I get to go to an elite prep school, even though he earned it because he got in the test, and he de- denounces it and plays down that you know his effort, right? He, he he plays it's down.
2: Back to right
1: it is it mentions mentioned that too that you know oh, he's it's bad because he's segregated from other students because he goes to this elite prep school but he downplays the fact that he did well in the test um which is funny enough you know even in a moment where there's a meritocracy he downplays his meritocracy portion in that by downplaying how well he did done the test and then when he goes to elite school he's
2: almost ashamed he's
1: like ashamed of it, of it right he downplays it there and, and and makes it seem like it's a bad thing like having money which of course is just providing you know, value in the market. For, in most cases, or that's you know, having tough. elite education, or academic standards is somehow like a bad thing. Like performance is bad, elitism is bad, but it's not really elitism in a you know status sense of like, oh, you're threatening people, stealing from them, destroying their property. It's just, oh, if I you know ha- work hard and have education and have a really great experience at an elite institution, that's somehow something I should be ashamed of and feel bad about. And it's this, it's this uh, you know kind of mentality that uh, if you're you know in that. You know, let this progressive psychology, and you have status or you have money. Well, okay, that's okay as long as you feel bad about it, right? As long as you like denounce, yeah, you it, you like, oh, boom, boom, that's bad, privilege. right? And you recognize your privilege, but check as long as you privilege. recognize and check your privilege, it's okay. Okay, then you can be at the elite school. Then you can be with you know all the other people. You know, have have this money and status as long as you denounce it and just say, oh, yeah. I'm just. I'm just so privileged. And then it's okay. Right. So they have this built in theme of, you know, that egalitarianism with, you know, self-shaming or self-loathing for status or for hard work. And they try to replace that with it this idea of, well, right. Because it is, it is
2: saying, oh, it's about classes the right. rich versus the
1: poor. In that sense, it is a form of that cultural aspect of Marxist theory, which is the idea that, you know, all people are, are totally equal in ability or um, more so, uh, no matter what they do, no matter what value they provide to others, they should be, you know, rewarded the same. And you know, again, there's a big difference between respecting human dignity and everybody's rights, and saying, oh, well, just because I, you know, took a shovel and in the dirt, my, va- you know, my labor is now as valuable as someone who like works to develop the next, you know, computer processor. Right. So it, it is this very sinister psychological message that underpins the entire movie. That if right. you don't, you know, pay attention to it, you might just miss it. Especially if you're just, you know, a kid watching, enjoying the action. But if you listen to the director's commentary, it actually firmly corroborates that analysis you can make of the entire theme of the movie, which is that it's meant to seed in this idea that um, having money or having prestige is bad, and you should be ashamed of yourself. Uh, get rid of you know white archetypes, white male archetypes, replace it with diversity, and everybody deserves to be powerful. And uh, belief is what makes you you know effectively uh, a, a hero or talented. Not hard work. Not you know studying hard. Not hone your craft, but just belief that, oh, I'm going to do this. And that's everybody now. And that's that's that psychological egalitarianism that, you know, in many ways for me, you know, maybe chuckle throughout the movie.
2: <laughs> to me, it's frightening that these people with these minds have the budget, the ability, you know, spend 90 million mm-hmm. on a movie, <laughs> be able to see their ideas. But that's why we're trying to continue the volunteerism. Right. I have an eye for competition against that. I'm inspired by their art. I'm inspi- inspired by their to execute. But. <laughs> I am wholly dissatisfied with the philosophical undertones.
1: Which is a reminder that every like there is not there's no such thing realistically in, in most any medium of like having a comic or movie or comic movie that doesn't have philosophy. It's always in there, and yes. if you miss it, you might have to just like look into it to understand there's it. But it comes to philosophical right underneath. the character dialogue, how someone is seen as a hero or anti-hero or a villain, how those themes are presented. Presents the philosophical narrative that leaves right. you with, you know, what you're supposed to be thinking and feeling, and that's that's the that's scary understandable.
2: part. Understandable. You're you can not help but color whatever your own built-in bias your output, and especially if you believe in I believe that's how the world is. Mm. Well, you're trying. The world mm. is. We just know. got
1: deep there. We were just we were just <laughs> dancing around and just waiting for that moment when that door is going to be <laughs> yeah. going to be open. <laughs>
0: and that's our show, ladies. and gentlemen. <laughs> <Sure>. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Oh <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Yeah, yeah. But uh yeah, you 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 put a lot out there and I think a yeah. lot worthy of discussion. Um I, I, I kind of want to go in several different directions simultaneously. Sure. But my take on this before seeing the movie was that you know, Stan Lee was criticized for response he gave to a question about why is Peter Parker a white guy from the from Brooklyn. And after he died, I think what it was the last November, there were articles bringing that up and being like Look at this bias and hatred of Stan Lee because he was against there being, you know, like different versions of Spider-Man, even though there were different versions of Spider-Man as attested by this very movie and, uh, you know, the origin stories that are that are talked about. But when when, um, you know, I first heard that oh there's going to be a Miles Morales character and, uh, you know, it's it's that SJW thing where they want everyone to be there's like a quota
1: to fill. Your characters, (laughs) you know, like cannot be white. It must be at least thirty percent brown, thirty percent gray, ten percent yellow webs.
2: Why would you imply that webs are white? (laughs) Right. They are white and yellow. (laughs) White
0: webs out of (laughs) here. And when the the, you know the new Doctor Who got announced and it was a woman, yeah, like a big deal. But but other people weren't satisfied because it was a white woman or something. You know,
1: right? Yeah, there's no satisfying.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you can never make yeah. these people happy, and and wow. I, I saw a meme um, after that that said the next Doctor Who is gonna be this um, crippled like Muslim woman, <laughs> yeah, sort of rascal right.
2: <laughs> wearing a bikini, but it's well, not a bikini. Like, it's
1: she went team. back in time to get triggered in the past. <laughs> <They're> like- <laughs> It's nuts though. It really, it really is nuts. I've always been anti SJW for philosophical reasons. I, you know, I don't care about superficial. I don't care about what people choose to do with what they want with their life. Like, that's not my thing. Like, you know what I mean? As a principal voluntarist, I don't care whatever people want to do, you know, as long as you're not initiating it to the people, this, that, I don't care about what color or disability characters people want to have. I don't care about that either. That's not the real issue. The real issue is that uh, in an attempt to uh, kind of both, appease people like who are demanding, oh, you need to have more representation, and also promoting a narrative of anybody can just do anything through you know magical belief, like magical thinking. It's it's what's really sinister more so about that is that it's being pushed onto kids and the kids are just having this layered um into their psychology where it is yeah, um subconsciously. subconsciously right changing their views about what they think about the world. And that to me what that drives that is the entitlement mentality. That's the real root problem that actually is developed here is this idea that they're you know oh hard work you know what I mean what is that you know what I mean? hard work oh if you have power if you have riches if you have skills that was just privilege right that was the reason why you had those things and so it's a denouncement of the idea that people actually need you know a drive goals work ethic to craft and, and make mistakes and hone their skills and to me that's what's really scary. I mean, I don't care, you know, all day, every day, I don't care. I'll watch whatever, when it comes to superhero stuff, if the story's good, if the character's engaging, I don't care if they're, you know, some disabled black lesbian, if it's good, if the context is good, it's good. I don't care about the superficial, but when it comes to the underlying philosophical, if they're trying to push that narrative, that's what they're trying to really, you know, sinisterly get kids to think is that anyone who has, you know, success, power, um, and when I say power, I mean like in, t- in terms of like intellectual power or, or um, so skill power, you know, social influence, stuff like that, where they honed a craft. That's specifically what I'm talking about here. That that is somehow just purely privilege, no work work ethic whatsoever. And if you want to be just like them, oh well, that's just belief, right? That's just realigning, um, redistributing the, uh, the the power structures. And now suddenly, magically, oh, see, you now now you're equal to anybody else too, just because you think that way. And that's you know, magically, you just think, oh, now I'm smart. Oh, okay, you're smart. No, like, oh, now I'm talented at this thing. No, it takes hard work to get you know, craft your skill. Like. That's the crazy part. Like, that's the real, you know, SJW nonsense.
3: Yeah. I wonder if they redistributed their Oscars to people that didn't have Oscars. <laughs> yeah. but, you know, uh, it was luck that they happened to make that movie. It wasn't like hard work and effort that went into making the movie and a lot of talent. Right. Yeah. The yeah. Huge amounts of effort from what I read. <laughs>
0: you know, the 177 animators working on this thing. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, speaking of the mindset, um, Robert, you sent me an article this afternoon, and this might be you know, a little sidebar discussion about one of the directors defending uh, the tactics of Antifa, thinking that they are actually fighting against this scourge of a, a resurgence of white
3: supremacy in the United States. Yeah, it's the first guy listed. It's Peter Ramsey. Um, he got into a Twitter discussion with another guy, and he seems to be... He seems to be the kind of guy that takes the d- default standard, like lefty position. Like, you know, he doesn't. I, OK, this is my take on it, that Peter Ramsey doesn't seem to be a deep philosophical thinker. Like he's more in line. He's making his art and he has certain beliefs, but he's in Hollywood, right? He's operating in Hollywood with all these other lefties and he's getting hit with this cultural Marxism. And yeah, he's like, yeah, you're probably right. And then he gets online and he gets talking about what Antifa is. And he probably watches CNN and then, you know, every once in a while, he'll watch like MSNBC just in case CNN didn't get all the facts. Right. So he's like super well informed and he knows enough about Antifa as they are anti fascists Right. I mean, that's what they are. Right. They're not anything else. The name, the name. They're the guys that are against the fascism, Right. So as, far as, uh, go, the so as far as you got to go, name. As far as you got to know. Right. You know, you know, the name and then you know enough about them. Right. So you're not against those guys. You're against the guys that they oppose. So he came out pretty much saying hey I'm yeah for Antifa which is disappointing to me I disagree with him I think he's ignorant on what Antifa is and what they do um that said if I were to not you know boycott all movies that from people who support Antifa I don't think I'd be able to watch a single movie
0: mm-hmm.
3: um especially not in the west uh Hollywood is full of lefties, and this is very much well known, and if you were to ask them, are you anti-fascist, they'd probably 100% say, yeah, so, um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's disappointing, I know, what do you guys think, I mean, can you separate the art from the artist, I, like you talked about, these are people with, you know, they're artists with ideas about the world, and they want to represent that world through their art. And that's just a natural process, like philosopher, you were saying, it's kind of just naturally goes into your art as you are creating something, you want to make it about something, you want it to reflect the world that you believe in, and it just comes out, I don't necessarily, it doesn't have to be malicious, but they may have, they think they're doing a good thing, right? They think that they're educating yeah. people and that this is how the world really is and they're making the world a better place
2: i think it's it depends on the individual who's writing it's usually how it goes who are the the writers they have the purpose behind it the people they hire if they're the artists that the technical bring it to life if they're the actors the voice act um those people could really just part of something awesome they don't need this underlying message at all um, they may even agree with it subconsciously and never thought about it no critically thought through it as most people do with, with most things that they learned growing up, mm-hmm. <laughs> they just know right. it's like, just my worldview, but they, they don't even understand that the reality. So I, I think it just kind of just like any order, uh, any government, you will have people in the system that that are not like the main masterminds behind it, I'll plug into the system and thinking that they're getting a certain value or doing a certain thing. But there are, yes, who are most They may, may be the silent funders they have had nothing to do with the whole process, but they're like, I'll fund it if you just, is the idea you're going with with that.
0: Yeah. It's like the pawns and the useful idiots.
2: Yeah, I'd be curious I uh, bet we could just look up how many people were anime writers are for the story.
1: And the executive producers, yeah.
2: Who are they? Well, that's true. I mean, it's the
1: executive producers who definitely, obviously, they're they're doing the funding, and they're going to choose whether they want to fund the script or not. And so to some degree, you know, they're going to be selecting who they think will carry out, you know, their vision with the script uh, when it comes to selecting, you know, line producers or directors and stuff. So, you know, there's definitely that, too, um, to just look at. (laughs) You can probably find a trend there.
0: Yeah, there was a lot of like pro-status stuff in here. Uh, there was the cop who doesn't like the vigilante Spider-Man, so he doesn't like any competition. Mm-hmm. And I know they didn't come up with the name Jefferson Davis. That was uh, a, a name for that character from the comics for years. But I find it curious that Jefferson Davis, who was, of course, the president of the Confederate States of America, uh, happens to have the same name as this black cop character. And I, I wonder, do I? do any of you know the history of why a character in the Marvel universe happens to
3: have the same name. Coincidence?
1: I don't know. I'm not familiar enough know. with it to know on that part. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. I don't know for sure. I mean, they usually sneak in names from comic book creators of the past or they have some relation to the character. But in this case, I don't know. All right. Well, I was hoping. But, be- but, well, you were, well, okay. So you were saying how the cop annoyed you. This, this annoyed me too. When the cop was going on a rant in the very beginning, when miles gets in the car and uh, something about Spider-Man comes on the little cop radio and he goes on a little rant and he compa- he compares, you know, Spider-Man to cops. And he's like, cops put their lives on the line. Yeah. Yeah. So does Spider-Man.
2: He <laughs> really died.
3: In fact, he died.
2: In fact, he died. <laughs> right.
3: Yeah. And if you look at a list of like most
0: dangerous jobs, uh, police officers is actually quite low on the riskiness mm-hmm. factor. Like loggers is like number one. And factory workers, et cetera. I'll try to find that and put that on our show notes page. Cause it's, uh, <laughs> it's pretty interesting.
1: Well, yeah. something with, um, you know, with the, the trope of cops and comics and especially like, you know, movies too, is there's often a theme that um, the police officers are seen as no matter what an ethical good, even if there are bad apples or even if they make tough, you know, tough choices and do things. Or
2: they make mistakes.
1: Right. Or they make mistakes. They will always are, they're always presented as an ethical good and, and characters who act, Outside of that, even you know, vigilantes with Batman or Spider-Man, whoever, they're always seen as these rebels who are permitted to do their rebellion as long as it's relatively within the lines of what police want and they give deference to police at the end of the day. Like the vigilantes are allowed to do their own thing as long as they you know, hat tip to the police at the end of the day and don't say, oh, they're bad. Don't say, oh, you're unethical or you're corrupt.
2: They always show the cops coming in to arrest the guy.
1: Right. They just say, okay, well, we we just don't want to be touched, but you guys are good, right? That's that's the whole gist that, you know, kind of underpins this thing is that it's this like uh, Overton window of acceptable discourse about police and comics and and films is that you could be a rebel, but can't rebel too much right it's like you're 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 a permissible rebel it's okay you know some people just have different views you know they just need to like express themselves a little differently that's okay as long as at the end of the day you lick the boot and you say cops are good and i'm gonna you know still help them out and support them and not you know say that they're unethical or meaningfully criticize them and you know that's intentional it's, it's meant to do the hegelian dialectic which is you know problem reaction solution you're getting people to you know see if there's some type of problem but then you're you're coming up with that solution, that that preconceived end that you want them to be at, and that's what's happening even within that uh, you know superhero trope is that these vigilantes are doing things; they're outside the law, but technically at the end of the day, they still come back to the police. You know, hand over to them. That suggest guns, that they're okay. Yeah. You know, protect the police. You know, support them and things like that. And and by and large, this this motif has been undisturbed in most all comics, um, with a few rare exceptions, like you know, one Superman issue where, and this is in the past, you know, in the Obama presidency, where he's like with protesters and he like has a big chain. And he's just stopping police from like you know, going after the protesters, that's it. It's not like he's critiquing the police meaningfully. It's just, oh, don't mess with the First Amendment or something. Yeah, I mean, that, that's about as far as it goes, um, you know, by and large. And there really is a very limited uh, window uh, of discourse that's, uh, that is permitted within within uh, mainstream comics and movies. And, I, you know, just the day, I was even researching, you know, just comics for anything that I can find as relates to statism or liberty and things. And there was a, a, a brief period, I think, related to um, the uh sh- oh, what was his name in it was like 93 around that time where there was um the a- the atf went after a man because he wouldn't cooperate with them and like work with them and he shot him and his pregnant wife i just it just let my mom Ridge? Yeah, Ridge, right so Randy George, Ridge, i think right right so in that realm of time and that that's, that was sparking there was this like superman comic for like a couple issues they had this guy called um agent liberty and he like defects from the cia but even there you know talking about his leaving to this thing called like, you know, Sons of Liberty or something like that. Like even this like rebellion against the government uh, eventually is shown as bad and they just want to like overthrow the government. And then he comes back to work, you know, for the government. And it's just, it's ridiculous because in every single case, virtually every single case, all the media, all the comics all the movies have, you know, a kind of controlled rebellion, right? It's like they permit people to think within their rebellion fetishes and to have that kind of, you know a taste of it satisfied but then they bring it back right so the idea is no matter what they want to capture psychology so that no matter what you get loot back into well yeah i guess the state's the best at the and, end of the day
2: and if know. they <laughs> show government a thing bad mm-hmm. they always paint painted as a few bad apples road cop bad them, apples
1: they just need to get cleaned up there's always good right.
2: police right. good you know, government if the good mayor at the end being right like, thank you for exposing his corruption right you've done a great service to the
1: mayor city. can do nothing wrong he owes the keys to the city he's just a saint
3: and yeah. who was right, the bad guy? Who was the bad guy? The yeah. Wilson Fisk. Fisk and- right. Well, in that case, he's also trying to kill people. Or he doesn't care. But to Jack and Fo's point, <laughs> yeah. anytime that there's any kind of an anarchic character, it's always a villain. So mm-hmm. in the Batman universe, there is a, an actual villain called Anarchy.
1: Right, with a right. K.
3: Yeah, and then in the, the Marvel universe, there's a, I believe there's a guy called Anti-Flag. He was also I think he's a Captain America villain yeah and so you know it's always portrayed in a negative light yep. these people are outside of the acceptable realm and they're always you know killing people or doing stuff they're basically yeah. Antifa but you know like anyway.
2: they have understandable reasons for going outside but they're also going to be violent right like
1: even uh, like Antifa. I think I just recently I did a meme that came from Superman versus the elite I think that was 2012 it was a, a movie and, you know, there's this group of superhumans or people with such abilities who themselves start to actually be effective at taking out criminals. So much so they're even just killing them. You know what I mean? Like, they're actually just like, nah, these people are bad. We're going to kill them. And Superman gets pissed at this. He's like, you can't just do this. He's like, you can't murder people and call yourself heroes. And then the guy who you was know, one of the what will be later bad guys in terms of the show says, oh, really? Well, your government does that all the time. right? Right, And so it was like a very quick moment and the Superman's face like they show his face even being like Oh, that's a good point. But then he doesn't home. say anything, he just rolls past it, <laughs> pushes past it. And it's just uh, one of those he's
2: shown to be the hero.
1: they give the little t- the Yeah, way. oh of course. At the end, Superman they're, they're bad, and then Superman just you know takes them out. So you know, even if they give those things, it's it, the point is, is that if they give a rebellion, they couple it with something to make them evil in the end. So no right. matter what, absolutely it's a controlled or discourse, just ignorant, right, animal. or malicious or just murderers. So it's it's very sick, and a lot of people don't see that because it's
2: very insidious. That yeah. is the subconscious program. Right. And when you have movies like this, with beautiful artwork, you know, funny jokes like that, it's, that is what is subconscious kids. Kids right. who don't know how to critic, <laughs> mm-hmm. as we've seen with a lot of adults. Yeah. But- well, the
3: college doesn't help. No. <laughs> yeah.
2: Right. So bad. And uh, in that mode, when you're developing pre and you're starting to, uh, uh, change at puberty, like the way I phrase that.
1: So. You're coming into your age where there's gonna be funny stuff. Happening. Yeah,
2: there's a there's a lot of emotions you don't know how to critically think yet, and so things that aren't outright stated to you ideas that aren't outright just symbolically presented will just your psyche just naturally accept it mm-hmm. because if it's if it's presented to you like it is reality and make it into the pretty package of your favorite actor beautiful artwork, a girl that or character that you identify with well it'll just be really natural as a kid to be, yeah i think that way like because it's like cool it's mm-hmm. the culture that is how they they change the culture is with medium very beautiful entertaining artwork singers mm-hmm. actors. um
0: mm lady scientist cool step <laughs> three
3: i re-examine my personal biases <laughs> Wait, what? that's a quote from the film when peter goes in and sees oh. doc ock
1: oh <laughs> yeah
2: yeah yeah they
3: <laughs> those little
1: things in there too you know those little oh. oh yeah they slip it in and it's it's very smart it's it's craftily put in there uh to get again the close i mean i mean i don't know how many movies we could talk about on this but uh you know a lot. <laughs> There's been a couple of recent films that go along with what we're talking about. You know, even just uh, have you all seen Endgame yet?
0: I have, Daniel. I have not, but I am. I'm like
1: 20 out of 22 movies behind.
0: Okay, so it's okay to talk a little
1: bit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Spoiler great. for Endgame. Spoiler. Well, it's not. An, it's not an end spoiler. It's. It's just something in the movie. Like for example, in even just Endgame, you know, Civil War already had kind of abandoned the strong rhetoric Captain America had in in being anti-government interference in people's lives um that is the, the film of, of civil War as compared to the comic but in endgame now that disney's got full control i mean he basically apologizes to tony stark for civil war affected. so you already have i
2: learned my lesson, he's like, I learned
1: my lesson. it's it was like so
2: abstract he wasn't even specific yeah. about what he wronged exactly he, he just <laughs> gave, that was just that that subconscious nodding they make up it's what um, Tony gets mad at, and then they make up
1: Captain America. Right. So, like, they already have a apolo- apology for, you know, what was a serious issue, government registry of heroes and, like, interference mm-hmm. in their lives. Yeah. So they're apologizing for that. Yeah. And then later on, uh, when uh, Captain is apologizing to Black Widow, uh, he, like, says nonchalantly, oh, well, you know, everybody may be gone, but... At least the whales the whale population is more populous in, in the river now because humans are gone so they give this little nod to like oh humans act you know their existence activity is like killing whales basically and it's like just like blows it off a little bit but it's like it's that insidious you know surreptitiously placed commentary that's meant to seed it in oh people kill the environment and meanwhile these same people who literally have the technology to go through time who can make weapons and spacecraft and all this crazy stuff they can't use technology to I don't know, clean up plastic in the ocean. I mean, it's it's crazy because that's the whole message they're trying to imbue in people is this idea that technology is inherently evil. It's inherently polluting. Technology, oh, it can't be used to solve problems. And it only creates more. of humans
2: right? And, and no humans are the it cancer. Humans
1: are the you know population. the pollution, right?
2: It definitely had a Genesis fashion behind it too. Right. It was just hey, everything quieter. Yes. Yeah. Oh, more stuff yeah. to go around. Right. Like try, try watching
0: anything. any of the bbc documentaries on netflix right now with david atborough it's mm. brutal he throws all of that into every episode and and we watch it with the kids because we want them to see animals and nature yeah. and all this yeah. stuff. beautiful yeah. stuff but right? they keep throwing all this commentary in about how terrible humans are
1: <laughs> right yeah i mean that's the point is these people are i mean seriously they're they are they are anti-human um genocidal maniacs i mean that's what it boils down to is that these people have malthusian mindsets they think that um scarcity is just going to lead you know to people just crazily dying off and polluting everything When it's been the opposite that when you free the market people can freely innovate you're able to provide lots of people and rise them out of poverty and actually help clean up things because you have more efficiencies in the market you can use less uh, you know, toxic chemicals. You can use uh, things that you know save trees, like using digital documents and stuff. Yeah, so it, it's just ridiculous,
2: right? Respect, strong respect that people are like, okay. Therefore the incentive is this. I can't violate my neighbor. I can't just take what I want. So now you have creativity, uh, volunteer, you know. Creative
1: <laughs> You're saying creativity fuels people's innovations, like in yes, terms of the when, need.
2: Yeah. When that yeah. when those individuals know that they have this, okay, I cannot hit or take other people's stuff. Right. Well, that is now the structure that they're operating. You have a massive amount of people doing that. That's where, that's when wealth is. Because now right. you have people voluntarily be specialized in there. So now you have more productive output The most, they will win out in the market providing the best.
3: Right. And you yeah. have property rights. So that incentivizes innovators to innovate because they know that they'll reap the benefits of their products in the market.
2: Right. And that someone's not just going to come in and take everything out. from
3: Right. And it provides
1: responsibility too, for those who affect other people's property or bodies. When you have specific property rights, then you have a delineation of who's trespassing and who's property who is polluting or spilling toxin, toxic waste property
2: to, in right otherwise it's just
1: day. generalized so and mm-hmm. yeah i mean it really is nuts how um and you know and all these films you know starting to see a unifying theme especially because disney now owns everything right and i think you're going to just continue to see this theme uh growing uh, of anti-humanism which is this idea again of people being a cancer on the dirty. earth people are dirty they're and gross the earth. they're destroying you're right they're destroying the earth they need to somehow go back to nature and that like nature is somehow glamorous and everything was just like free and abundant there's no bugs and there's no disease like it's, it's just absolutely insane And like, they
2: want to be thanos there they want to be thanos these people, people are less. literally ah no. oh, the world's quiet again they are. yeah
3: the, the stupid people that celebrate thanos <laughs> blew me away yeah, yeah right. A lot me of away. But like, well, what if Thanos
2: was right, though? What I'm if like, he was
3: right, though? We need That's to get rid of all the crazy. people because yeah. people don't innovate. Yeah. They don't That's create the, things. They aren't that, net producers.
2: That's that was programming. Uh, uh,
0: yeah. Are we talking about the Green New Deal?
2: <laughs> uh, yeah. Not specifically. Fortunately, but it's, but it's the Green
1: New Deal. Bad. Fortunately,
3: but <laughs> yeah. You well, know, the, the the movie universe is going to get worse probably because in in Endgame, they do kind of tip their hat about these earthquakes that are happening underwater. Yeah. And that may be bringing part, bringing into uh, being Namor, the submariner. And he's probably got this underwater aquatic kingdom and he's probably upset about the humans for polluting. And so there's probably going to be. And they did that in Aquaman. They did that in Aquaman. Exactly.
1: We attack these people because they're polluting our oceans. And it's like, it's the same thing where you, you go underwater and you look at these kingdoms. And this, I mean, it epitomizes the people in power. Like what you're seeing in these movies is really, more than anything, a mirroring of those who actually have this state you know, Cronius power. Yeah. And it's this idea that they magically get all their technology. It just happens, right? There's no concept. Right, the
2: Atlanteans of, are right, so technical. Right. Atlanteans
1: like, are advanced. The people of they are advanced. I mean, just completely absurd concepts right, that Makan don't bring so in the idea yeah, of, of how uh, trade and, uh, and shared knowledge across the world benefits people. And is what it's like brings this, up technology the in the first like place. Right. Make,
2: like you can just have this they, super smart AI, it will therefore right. allocate
1: perfectly. Yeah. Like you're going to magically essentially plan, And then all of the on top of that, they again have a worship of what those in state power really want, which those in state power don't want democratic republics or republics at all. I mean, not that that's, you know, not itself a, a form of control, but they want their, their old reigns back, which is why they worship princesses, kings and those type of, you know, unitary rulers. Because that is what, the, what those in power really want. They want to be back to the ages of kings. They want they to be want to back be to the ages of queens and be yeah. worshipped and be like, "Yes, we are your rulers. We are your gods." And that's why, that you know, in Aquaman and stuff like that, they they keep focusing on, "Oh, you're you know, you're the king. You need to come back and rule." In Wakanda, it's like, "Oh, yes, you're the rightful Queen. king. Well, how? Oh, we murder each other in a in a you know a, a sword fight, and then boom, you're king now, and you have all the intelligence to rule people. Essentially, right. I mean, This is literally what those and in power think. Like. like
2: I'm uh, yeah. <laughs> loyal to that throne I'm loyal to Not that the throne whoever sits Just in
1: that throne, throne
2: I
3: am loyal I will sit there and kill a, people for you like,
2: yeah. I am loyal right
3: and, that's the and we can't difference. get along without you we absolutely right. need you we so important are. you're so important you're the most important <laughs> person
2: right, and, right. But that's what would un- we
3: do Right. And
1: that's the whole premise that they're trying to imbue on young minds. I mean, even with things, you know, as benign as like, you know, Disney movies that seem like, oh, it's just oh, like a oh, like princess stories or frozen. No, the whole, there is a very real philosophy that is being pushed uh, onto kids. And it's a Hakuna psychic. Matata. what's that? <laughs> it's a real philosophy. Hakuna Matata. Hakuna Matata, <laughs> right? I mean, right. They're redoing the Disney movies too, uh, you know, in uh, CGI now, right? So it's the and same thing right you know, thing, right? Kind of you know the king, the king of the jungle right oh it, we need simba's king right it's this, it's the same concept of trying to keep people in a psychology of oh you need to be ruled and if there isn't somebody there then things just go to chaos and it's you know it's just wrong nobody can do anything and yeah. nobody can think for themselves and that's that's the whole goal is to ensure that the population is fully indoctrinated into thinking that without having uh, central planning and leadership, they would be essentially nothing. They'd be just killing each other and you know, savages. And it's like literally the, the total opposite in reality. You know, anytime the government, you know, reels back, anytime governments just stop, stay away, people are like, oh, let's freely trade and do contracts and do deals and, and, and enrich our lives. You know I mean? It's, it's really wild.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah.
0: I was just going to say, Anarchy gets a, a terrible name. Uh, my wife and I have been watching some garbage television, uh, Doomsday Preppers lately. Uh, we watch oh, we watched that. And, uh, you know, a lot of times they have some kind of crazy concerns. Some are legit. But uh, in many of them, they go, yeah, it'll be utter chaos and anarchy. You know, they just keep reinforcing the idea that the lack of, of rulers is going to be destructive and violent. Yep.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Like one guy was like, "Oh, they're collapsed.
3: Right. Because yeah. No planners to <laughs> be responsible for the economy. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Although there was one, I mean, philosophically it didn't say much, but there was one case of guns and a bunch of silver. Cool.
1: I think some of them definitely like knew and had articulable reasons why they're doing what they're doing, but I, I, I'm pretty confident that the producers of the show did not want to cover that aspect.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that. When you're producing a tight little thing; you don't want to get I, into some of those uncomfortable issues. Right.
2: Right, you gotta wait. Don't tell as, people about the
1: Federal Reserve,
3: that's yes. a private bank.
2: You don't need tell to make people. it as entertaining right? right. Or you don't mean they
0: They. Yeah, <laughs> uh, right. we should probably wind this back towards Mother's Day or the Spider Verse, the spider yeah, the Spider <laughs> no,
2: Mother's,
1: about Mothers day. day. This Can is we, Mother's
0: Day status. Well, we do try to keep this uh, to about an hour, and, and so we're about at that time. And so we end with perfect a final summary and review. And uh, Robert, you want to start us off, and then we'll go. Uh, bing bang, uh, ladies first, and then it's you? am
1: Identifying yeah. as a lady now because Spider Man told me if I believe I can be, so here I am.
2: <laughs> it's ma'am.
3: It's ma'am now. Spider man <laughs>
2: It's Spider Man. Spider
3: Well, I got to give props to our guests for bringing up a lot of the the social justicey, like mar- social Marxism type stuff. I didn't even even me that I'm super trained to it, to like attuned to see it all the time. Yeah. It kind of slipped past me, so I really do appreciate that. That said, um, this movie is beautiful. I think it tells a really nice story. It's it's an origin story, and I have issues with that. Um, like, all of a sudden, like Miles believes in himself, and then all of a sudden, he's just like the greatest... Spider-Man of all time, and he's flipping <laughs> around and beating up the kingpin, no problem. And he's turning invisible all the time, and he's zapping people. And
2: it can last in this like this as long
3: as he believes
2: huge, yeah. Yeah, black hole of time, space. Like <laughs> Spider-Man, fit one.
3: Yeah, he just God. became it. Yeah, I mean, he was he was a terrible Spider-Man. He was struggling the whole time, and then it's like he flipped the switch in his brain, and then all of a sudden he was amazing. And <laughs> so that. Yeah, I, I completely agree with him. you on that. That was, yeah. I had an issue with that. Like, all of a sudden, at the very end, he's as awesome as he needs to be in order to beat the bad guys. And he can do it all by himself. He doesn't need the help of all these other Spider-Mans. Right. Mm-hmm. But the movie is a lot of fun. And I really did enjoy all of the, I can't believe I'm going to say it, but the diversity. Just because in the characters, I mean, I didn't care yeah. if, there, if there's a little Asian one and whatever. I don't care. Yeah. I mean, she's a cool character. I like the Spider-Man noir. I like Spider-Ham.
2: I like, I like the nod to anime.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. I thought it, and it's just beautiful and kinetic and amazing action and they're really talented talented artists that put into what into making this movie and I really tip my hat to all those amazing talented artists that made this movie um, Even if you know, maybe the director is some kind of dumb lefty guy that supports Antifa and cultural Marxist and you know <laughs> That's why we're here. We're trying to counteract that and we want to create things that equally inspire and counteract that dumbass bullshit, but it's still a great film and I don't know like if now that you've said what you've said and kind of educated me on this I appreciate that if I had a kid, I would definitely like Daniel said I don't know if I'd let them watch it, especially not without me there in the room kind of talking and explaining things so um, But I can't give this anything less than like an 8.5 though. It's just too good. It's too beautiful So that's that's that for me
2: Cool. Okay, cool. bing-bang he's first <laughs> yes, Sir, it's all right. I'll
1: let you be a lady today um <laughs> right
2: so yeah you know for me i guess in the beginning i I forgot about it's it's interesting it even that is an example of what happened the things that you will remember conscious the art aesthetic the beauty you know i told it's very pretty art 10 out of 10 from my end draw that right um it's beautiful art but when you start to analyze the underpinned subconsciously that's and so you know to me this is just another of needing have philosophy and self-knowledge about what ideas you're eating as you watch and trying to be more aware of your brain subconscious in the practice of that uh, i think it's just pertinent in order to have a society full of people who are rational are in like as a collectivized P and see the groups on the individual. Yeah. are just, it's, it's so important. And, uh, before any of know movies like this, it, you have to do that work yourself as a parent, they had it as well, not just have your child be yet another human being the programs by people who rule over all, <laughs> or it is, I thought
3: <laughs> <laughs> so give it a, give it a rating. Give it a
2: rating. Philosophically, I mean, humor wise. It was good. You know, humor. The song, I like that song. So I'm just saying, the aesthetics great. That really high. Value.
0: That's a very diverse score, philosopher. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh
1: goodness. All right, Jack. All right, what's your good. summary and review? All right. So I think the you know overall film for me, I'll give it just all categories considered, a seven overall. And what really holds it out of seven for me is just the artwork because it was. Um, it was pretty to look at. It was fun. It was new and engaging in a lot of ways in terms of aesthetic. And, you know, some people might not like it, but for me, obviously, a comic fan, I did like it. I did like the um, diversity of characters that they had in terms of uh, bringing in different kinds of cool you know, Spider-Man or She-Males or whatever, Spider-Zs, no, uh, whatever they were uh, from different uh, dimensions. But uh, I-, I thought that was great. I thought it was a lot of fun for me. Like, that was very yeah. enjoyable. Um, but you know, again, the thing that holds it back from being a great film for me is is the uh, very clear uh, philosophical underpinning message and the lack of robust uh, dialogue in terms of uh, you know how they communicate with each other, the characters, and and how they developed um, both their emotions and their thoughts throughout the film. It was to me, it was it was very elementary. And uh, when it comes to PG movies, I usually expect there to be something. Um, that is a, th- a bone for adults to throw like disney movies did back in the day with animated films where they have double entendres and things that like you know kids can watch it goes over their heads but adults can watch it, like oh uh-huh, that's funny or like you know something that they didn't have as much of that it definitely was more childish uh in, in just everything um so for that i was like eh. but again very entertaining as a movie definitely fun to see and worth watching at least once
0: all right well thank you for that and uh i don't really have much to add i thought it was a very beautiful film as well but i didn't really care so much for the story or all the little nods to statism and uh the social justice uh, (laughs) activities i mean there was even when miles gets to the uh to the prep school that he he goes to he says that it's an elitist school and he'd rather be with the people people. yeah and there it is yeah yeah so that was a big you know like uh democratic socialists not
1: or what do they call themselves socialist democrats i forget no yeah no and you're absolutely right that is that is the goal and it's again there it's not a moral thing in terms of like them being like oh well i absolutely won't go right it's as long as you just along the way say oh i'm privileged and i gotta apologize for my privilege at the moment then you can stay in your privilege then it's okay then you can stay at the elites as long as, as, long as, as you them. as long as you say oh poo poo me i i'm so privileged right mm-hmm. then it's okay but you know, you're not—they're not actually like, oh, well, let's leave. This is unethical, right?
0: So yeah. <laughs> well, I am so privileged to have you as our guest, and you. <laughs> uh, and I'm gonna go with a six point five on this. So I think I think you guys talked me down a little bit, and Robert had built me up. Ooh. <laughs> uh, my expectations were a little higher on this movie, and so I think I think it might have been a little bit uh, of a of a better score. Until we had this discussion, but we did.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, it's a it's it's a pretty film. And, you know, aesthetically, independently of its own, I can appreciate other people's arts, even if you know I don't agree with them politically, philosophically, whatever you to say. I can there appreciate the, the art. I this. can appreciate the there's art. Abundance. But it's a movie, so at the end of the day, I'm going to be like, ah, eh, this plot, this dialogue, this philosophy.
2: For me, <laughs> it's just taught me to weary of you know things that are impact enticing, or entertaining packaged. It really is important to question the motive of whoever for your eyes. It always ties back to it. until AI becomes aware. <laughs> AI um, movies. Until then, it's, it's back to it.
0: Until the AI. Skynet. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> right.
2: yeah. It'll trace back to humans. Um, it, it's always fascinating and, and sometimes just annoying to see what message we're trying to indoctrinate. But we are the counterpropagandists. Yeah, yeah. We're trying to do the same thing, culture artifacts that have our you know beliefs imbued in them of uh, liberty. <laughs>
0: Right, and yeah. people can find that at thephilosopher.com yeah. <laughs> yeah. and volcomic.com, and the links will be on our show notes page. And I hope you guys can stick around a little bit longer uh, for some of our post-show content for our Patreon supporters. People can support us at Patreon, lastnayers.com, slash Patreon. And, uh, Robert, next week we're going to have Dr. Dennis Foster on to talk about The Day the Earth Stood Still, uh, the classic with Klaatu and the... Uh, Destructive robot and world peace and all this stuff. So I think it'll be a very interesting discussion and uh, looking forward to that. So people do check that out. Watch that movie before we uh, publish that episode next week. So you'll be caught up to speed. I think it came out in what 1950, 55, something like that. Well, is, it, uh,
3: is the Keanu Reeves remake? Is that, do you know if that follows pretty much the same storyline? Uh, I don't know much about it other than it probably wasn't very good. What are you, you're not talking about Keanu, right? You're talking about something else, right? You're not talking about Keanu. Keanu's good in *The Matrix* and
0: *Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure*. Mm-hmm. And and there was something with *John him. Wick*.
3: And <laughs> and *John Wick*. *Point Break*. Come on, he's the greatest actor of our generation. <laughs> and he's so humble. He he
2: just rides the bus. Oh, wait, wasn't Yeah, he's
3: a nice guy.
0: He's oh, nice *Speed*. Guy. *Speed* was pretty good. All right, fine. He's great. All right, so we'll oh, even uh, maybe cover that one as well for next week. Anyway, uh, this has been our show, of The Last Nighters, episode 71, also found on the Launchpad Media. So thank you guys for joining us. And I'll say goodnight from last night. Night.
1: days of the internet, radical libertarians were scattered, lonely, and faceless. Without direction, they resigned to scour the web, sifting through content providers in a wasteland plagued by YouTube demonetization, Facebook jail, and covert internet censorship. But then, in 2017, the Libertarian Union was formed.